Hello, and welcome to the Four Bronx Community Podcast. My name is Laura Levine Pinedo, and I am the founder and the director of the Four Bronx Project. My journey has led me to such amazing neighbors with such interesting stories, and I am ready to share them with you. I invite you to join us as we meet members of our community, such as small business owners and so much more. Let's support local, and let's have a cup of tea together and chat about all things community. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Four Bronx Community Podcast. Today we are joined by Pete Maddox, a local actor here in Riverdale. Hey Pete, how are you? How are you doing, Laura? Great to be here. Great to be here. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. So Pete, born and raised in the Riverdale section of the Bronx, attended St. Margaret's Grammar School and Fordham Prep High School where he played basketball uh, during one of the most competitive eras in New York City. The only time Pete left New York City was to attend Boston College. After college, Pete started a career in finance, joining Merrill Lynch as a broker on Wall Street. After seven years of being a successful financial advisor, Pete was elevated into the firm's branch office management team. Pete worked as a branch manager in Merrill Stanford, White Plains, and World Financial Center locations. In 2008, unfortunately, both of Pete's parents suffered from illness, so Pete took a leave from Wall Street to tend to his parents. It was at that time where a family friend who worked at a successful PR firm approached Pete and offered him an invitation into the entertainment industry. Pete first started out booking modeling projects for print ads and appearing in TV commercials. From there, Pete started acting in TV shows where he had a long stretch appearing as lead characters on various episodes of shows on the newly popular crime drama channel Investigation Discovery. Most recently, Pete has two upcoming film projects which were which are in post-production and should be airing by the end of the summer, early fall. Wake Up Call, a short film TV pilot, and The Burden of Nine Lives, a feature film. Pete, this is amazing. Thank you so much again for coming. Thank you. No, this is great. I'm psyched to be here. So you've lived in Riverdale your entire life. I've lived in Riverdale. So I was born and raised in Riverdale. And um, when I went to, let's say, obviously St. Margaret's, Fordham Prep, Boston College. But I went into the city. So I I lived, I was a resident of Manhattan, I would say, from... 1992, 93, until only like, you know, 2016. So I was living in Midtown Manhattan during that time. So I was a Manhattan resident for a while as well. Right. But I'm But back, always I'm, a Riverdale boy, right? Um, I, I love being back here. I think uh, Riverdale's a, a great um, town. I think there's, there's great people here. There's great people like Laura that is doing a great job in the community. Oh, you're making me blush. And it was just awesome. And you're doing a great He's job. He's a swooner, guys. So. I have to be careful here. Um, so you went to St. Margaret's, and then you went to Fordham Prep, and then you went off to Boston College. Yep. Um, yep. And you're, the Red Sox didn't persuade you. No, yeah, it's uh, that's like arch arch rival stuff. But I must say though, of my school, I love Boston College uh, football and basketball. Um, so I, I I am I'm I'm not a hater of Boston, which a lot of New Yorkers Boston. are, as you know. Right. All right, but um, I must say that. Boston College really is is a big part of me, and I haven't been back there uh, recently, so I'm looking forward to making a trip and checking out a Boston College uh, football game. So yeah, I'm looking. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a hater of Boston, <laughs> which most New Yorkers are. And you played basketball, correct? I played basketball. How yeah. competitive was it back in in high school days at Fordham? So Prep? very very much so. So um, great great question. 
we played against the number one team in the country, and the, and the, the school is still there. Um, no, the school, I'm sorry, the school um, boarded up, and that's what, that's what the, the whole coincidence was about it. St. Nicholas of Tallentine, the church is still there, I'm sorry. The church is still there, but the school um, just didn't have funding enough, and they, they closed down. They were number one in the country. They're starting five when we played against them. So Fordham Prep played against Tallentine at Tallentine, St. Nicholas of Tallentine on Fordham Road. I was a senior in college, 1988, and wow. I mean, the talent that they had on their team. We had our center um, got a full ride to Fordham U, which was D1, but St. Nicholas of Tallentine had um, guys that were going to St. John's, Syracuse, North Carolina, Auburn. It was just, it was just an amazing time for New York. I kind of miss it um, with you know the, the talent that we had for high school basketball and just regular year basketball in in the Bronx, in Manhattan, in New York City. I kind of miss it. It was it was really thrilling. It was thrilling. So you graduated Fordham Prep. You went mm-hmm. to Boston College, and then you became a financial advisor for Merrill Lynch. Yes. Tell so, us a little bit about that. That's very. So, so you're like the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> so I'll, the Wolf of Wall Street. Good one. Good one. Okay. Well, actually, you know, you know, it's very funny if you if you think about that movie. It really was during that time when Jordan Belfort, who Leonardo DiCaprio played, it was right at that time when Jordan Belfort was, um, you know, being a huge success. He had uh, he had a small brokerage, I think, out in, in Long Island. He was making a lot of money, but it was right around that time. So in 1992-93, uh, me and a bunch of my friends took the opportunity because Wall Street was hiring at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I love joining Merrill Lynch, though. It was like a, a family name. It's a uh, huge franchise, very successful, um, very well-known. So I loved being able to, you know, interview and be accepted to them. And I love being a financial advisor, but I, I, I liked getting the opportunity to be a branch manager where you could kind of lead people and you could be kind of in charge a little bit and you could kind of lead people, you know, uh, down the way on Wall Street. So that's that's what I really loved about it. I loved being a broker on Wall Street, but I loved being a branch manager because it was just like a kind of a leadership role that I got, um, which I loved. And I have to say one thing about you, I know you a little bit, um, you really do like to empower people and you like to make people feel appreciated which I think not so many people do you're always doing like pizza for the staff in your building and you're always doing things for people at work and that's one thing I really do admire about you you have a very good heart um, so you know it's important as someone who works in you know restaurants I, I get it and you right. really do appreciate people so thank you so so you were a financial advisor mm-hmm. is there some advice that maybe you could give somebody who you know what's through your learning, you know, if somebody has a question, what do you think the best advice is? Somebody starting out fresh out of college, what should they do? Should they max out their 401k, things like this? That's that's very good. I, I haven't been in the finance in, industry in a while, but I would say that um, I would definitely look at definitely um, investing in your retirement. So, if you join a company, you should definitely be, like you just said, you should be maxing, you should be looking at your retirement savings and you should be putting money away. Your IRA, your 401k at your company, um, without without a doubt. I think you should be um, 
really buddy buddy if you do get a financial advisor if you have enough money to have a, a financial advisor you should just be connected with that person that right. that is the person that is going to just show you the way he's going to one he's the he's the fountain of knowledge so i would say um you should just be connected with that person and he should show you the way. Or even if you can't afford a financial advisor, I'm, I know like the New York Public Libraries, mm-hmm. they have so many workshops. So, you know, I think people can take advantage of that as well, right? Of course. Of There's course. a lot of uh, resources for people Any in the seminars city. that are going on, any um, events that are going on where there's anything to do with finance, that's my my direction would be you know meet with these meet with these um, professionals privately and get the advice from them. That's what I would say. So you were you had the successful career. You were in Manhattan, mm-hmm. um, and then your parents fell ill. Yeah, that was that was rough. So my mom um, eventually came down with um, uh, memory illness, um, and my dad also came down physically so my dad passed away it was probably right after 2008 when I heard that they weren't doing that well um you just dropped everything and you came home. I dropped everything and just I kind of came home you say I had enough money and I was just like you know what I'm an only child right I don't have a lot of family around Uh there's not a lot of cousins there's not a lot of family around it's really me so I'm like like wow you know my mom and dad are, are coming down a little bit and I, I think I need to step up. So I just took a you know a little bit of a leave, and during that time, you know, I, there was a funeral. My dad did pass away, and my mom had you know memory illness, which she but she was able to survive and everything. But she was able to take care of my dad and everything. So I had to be there for my mom. Um, during that time, ironically. Um, I ran into a good family friend of mine and she, like I said, she was a former model and she runs a real successful PR firm, super smart, super dedicated, super focused, trusted her. Mm-hmm. She just came up, she just came, she approached me and said, Pete, you know, if, you know, since you have a little bit of time off in Wall Street, that's great if, if you go back and everything, but since you have a little bit of time, would you, I could show you a little bit of the way if you wanted to ever model or do some print ads or do, you know, TV, commercials, stuff like that. And I said, I said, that'd be great. Um, but it was, it was like hardcore going forward. She said, you know, you're great. Your look is great and everything, but you're probably going to have to like lose, you know, some weight and get in shape because right. the camera puts, you know, weight on and everything. Right. So she kind of like showed me the way she uh, set me up with a couple of agents and, um, she said, this should be your workout ethic that you should be doing when you're going to the gym. And I, I just got all over it because when I was a kid, I was really into movies. I was a movie buff. So I was just like, wow, is there a way that I could segue and get into this? Right. So I busted my butt and for about three months and I dropped probably 30, 35, 40 pounds, a lot, a lot of weight. And um, she's just she showed me the blueprint of this is what you gotta do. Here's gonna be your agent. Here's going to be the photographer taking pictures. And she kind of made it easy for me, which a lot of people getting into the industry, it's not made that easy. Right. You have to figure out, you have to figure out how to get into it. So I was, I was really psyched getting it, getting into it. And it kind of like, it started working out. And I just want to like backtrack yeah. and we're going to go into your career yeah. with acting. Um, it's very impressive. But you know, how old were you at the point where your parents fell ill? I was 30, what was I, 38. I think it's just important to um, speak about this because 38 years old, 
successful, you know, Wall Street guy. Yeah. You live downtown in Manhattan. You, you live this life. And you sacrificed all this to come back and take care of your parents because you did not forget where you came from and the people who took care of you to get to where you are. And I really, I really admire that about you, Pete. And also when you have a parent or any loved one who has um, dementia or Alzheimer's or anything with memory, it's in ways the toughest way to lose a person because not only do you, you lose them once, you lose them twice. Lose them twice, right. And so for you to do that and come back here and take care of your parents, I don't think too many people would do it. I don't know too many people that I could say would drop everything and do it. So it's really, really admirable to me. And I think whatever you are, com- whatever you are coming into in your career, it is worth it. And your parents are with you every step of the way. Right. So I just wanted yeah. to say that to you. Um, so tell us, let's get, let's not get emotional. Let's get into some fun stuff. Um, tell us some stuff you've done with, uh, your acting career. No, it was great. So, um, just starting out was a lot of, uh, print ads, was a lot of some, uh, modeling work and print ads. Um, it led into some commercial work and there was like a, a lot of fun doing some, uh, I, I worked for, um, I know there was an Audi commercial, there was a BMW commercial, there was a Roman Jewelers commercial, um, it was just, I mean, it was a lot of fun, but it was it was hard work. It was a lot of hard work, but what I really, really enjoyed is coming out of that, there was one agent that approached me, and I really wanted to get into really acting TV work. Mm-hmm. Investigation Discovery Channel, I think, came into the lineup, into the, into the world, 2013, 2014, and what's really, what's, and that, that, I, that was the one thing that was, I was like wide open on where people were applying and trying to be, you know, acting on that channel. And what's, what was super about it is the Investigation Discovery Channel, even right now, is very popular, it has a lot of shows, but the draw, the audience that they have, it's because it's real, true. Uh, experiences that have that have gone on. Right. Sometimes the true stories are the craziest. Like you the can't even write it. Right. Like craziest stories. So um, I happen to be on. Like I think it, it, I just started getting hired on a lot of them, and I either played the um, either acted out the husband that you know um, in in true life happened to you know kill his his wife or. He was the one that got killed because of jealousy or something. So, but these are all like true, you know, crimes that happened, and I think that was the draw why a lot of people, and in the audience, uh, a lot of people around the world or in the country, were just like watching this. And I was just super psyched that I started, you know, was being hired for a bunch of those uh, episodes. So it was. It was great. It was a, it was a great run. Like, so, do you go into like acting mode? Like when you're acting, like. I, I don't know how to explain this. I feel it's, like, how do I know you're not acting right now? It's, no, it's, it's, it's very, it's very hard. You just, you know what? You just, you flip a switch it's and a, it's a flip. you just, you know, you just go at it. But what I'm really, what I'm really psyched about is, you know, going from there is the two, the, the two productions that we have coming up. I think that's going to be, that's going to be huge too. So but, what do you have coming up? So the two, the two um, projects that we have coming up is... This is, I think this is huge. Um, I can't believe, I can't believe how timely this is, but it's a, it's a short film, which we hope be a TV pilot that might get picked up if someone sees it. It's called Wake Up Call. And Wake Up Call 
is very simply a, um, a, um, a gentleman that becomes elected as the New York, the new New York governor. And he's born and raised in New York. He's a lot like me. So it, it was kind of easy to act it out. It was out. easy for this. And he's he looks at what he sees in New York and he kind of doesn't like it. He's, he remembers, you know, in the 70s and 80s when he was growing up as a city that never sleeps. And he kind of doesn't see that. Is this taking see- place like pre-COVID, post-COVID? Right. So exactly. Good question. So it's, it's right during the pandemic. Okay. You know, and in the... And Julian McCallum, who is the governor, is the character's name, he kind of is just like, you know what? I think everyone should get back to work. Everyone should be hardworking. It has nothing to do with, you know, your politics at all. It's just, this is a guy that is born and raised in New York City, and all he wants to do is roll his sleeves up and say, hey, everybody, let's get back to work. Let's do, let's do positive stuff. Let's, you know, if you need any, if you need a hand, you know, I'll help you out, you know, whatever I can do. I just, I, I, I think I, there's too many things failing and I love New York and I want to help right. out. And, and I that's think all I want to do. as New Yorkers, we don't know how to stop. We're always moving. We're constantly doing this and that. Like I go away. I don't know how to relax. Do you? Right. I can't. Laura, you're, you're a I go to, example. I go to a diner in like Scranton, Pennsylvania, and it takes eight minutes to get a cup of coffee. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, where's the coffee? You know, so we're always on the move. So I think, you know, the city that never sleeps during the pandemic, like it was a shock to all of our systems. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, I remember driving down to Times Square and there was nobody in Times Square. It was very, very surreal. Um, well, I'm just happy that we, you know, we still have, we're still going through some sort of a pandemic, but the, the you know, the large part of it has come down, thank goodness. And, you know, people are, are getting back to a more normal routine of things. So um, now when you were away in Boston and Manhattan and all these places, What's one thing that you missed about being in Riverdale? Like, what's one thing that you really love about here? Well, um, this is tradition, I would say. I would say that, um, you know, this is where I'm born and raised. I mean, if you, you, you always remember where you're born and raised. Um, and I came, I came back, and I love, I love being here now, too. But I, w- I would say that um, Riverdale has, like, it's, 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 it's a great traditional um, solid beautiful beautiful place um so that's that's what i kind of missed about it a little bit we have a lot of greenery here too we have a lot of you know we're very we're very fortunate we have this beautiful park we have the river we have all these scenic things but yet we're still in the city so it's like the best of both worlds right it's the best of both worlds that's actually perfectly put um you have like you're in New York City, but you're in like a nice, beautiful suburb, and you have the Hudson River right there, and you have you know you're you have access to come into uh, the city from you know city buses, uh, Metro North subways, everything. Right. It's a very it's a it's a very special place, very right. special. So if we want to check out Wake Up Call, because yep. Wake Up Call is a KRVC production. Yep. Um, this this chat we're having now is in the KRVC office. So if we want to learn more about Wake Up Call or watch it, like how can we watch it? Let me um, let me finish up also with with Wake Up Call. I, was, I, was, I just wanted to make one point about okay. it. Um, the one thing that and you know everyone anyone listening about it is, I think people will like it, and they, they get their arms around it. Because I've always said that it's both, it's timely and it's a timeless story. So the timeless story about 
um, about Wake Up Call is here's a guy that, you know, comes into being the governor of New York. I'm like, I mean, crazy hard job. I mean, I couldn't imagine doing that like myself. Right. He's the new governor of New York and he has a hard job in front of him. Everyone's coming at him and he's just trying to do the right thing. And at the same time, trying to bust your butt, being you know the best governor you can, you know, starting off in New York, you also have to manage your family. So this guy has a, a, a young wife and he has a young daughter. Right. And he's trying to be a family man as well. So what I said is the timely part of the timeless part of it, you could everyone could get around that. Everyone could get around being you know, how do I balance work and how do I balance my family and do the right thing? And the timely part, the second part of it, where I think people you know, are going to get around is just just what I said before is it's a really challenging time that we have right now, I think in New York, but I think in the country, in the in the world. It's, it's, it's a lot of challenging stuff going on. And I think um, people, you know, if they watch this, they'll, they'll see, wow, this is... Um, this is interesting. This is, you know, I, I could relate to this. How long is the short film? I think it's, I think it's about 20 minutes. Okay. The, good, the good news to everybody is you don't have to be bored being like two and a half hours watching Wake Up Call. It only takes 20 minutes. Right. Well, it's still enough time to eat a nice thing of popcorn. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. It's all about the popcorn, honestly. Yeah. But, um, so what advice would you give to a young actor trying to, you know, come up today? Really tough. So I, I would say that um, acting is is probably like maybe as hard. You know, if if you're really going to do that full time, it's almost as hard as um, making the New York Yankees. It's 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 really challenging. It's very hard. However, if you're dead set on it and you're really um, dedicated and you don't mind, you know, starting out and not making a lot of money, but if you really believe in the acting world and you have thick skin. Right. Thick skin where it's just like you have a lot of confidence in yourself and you believe in your craft. Those are the two things that I would say um, could help you into the acting world. Okay. It's now, kind of, it's, kind of, yeah, it's, 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 it's a hard job. Now let's talk job. a little bit about Pete Maddox. You. Personal, personal life Pete Maddox. You're from Riverdale, so I'm expecting. Where do you go in Riverdale? Where are your places that you like to, you know, go out, hang out? Where do you get your hair cut? All these sorts of things. Um, believe it or not, I go into Chelsea to get uh. my hair cut. Oh, <laughs> sorry. However, no, my favorite my favorite place is Bronx Burger House. Of course, but name other ones. It's it, no, it's no. I, I want to say Bronx Burger House is great, and I want to I want to talk about it a little bit. Um, I like Bronx Burger House um, for a number of reasons. First of all, because you're there and you're mm -hmm. just super special and you do a great job. You just love the karaoke. He's the a karaoke, karaoke star. On Friday night, exactly, is very. What's your important. karaoke song? Now, this is the most important question of this entire podcast. What's my, what what's is my Pete Maddox's go-to karaoke song? I think you know that already, Laura. Well, tell the crowd, tell I the, think the you audience. Know. I think you know it's Shallow. Shallow, uh, Lady Gaga. Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Wow, I wish... Now, if there was any movie that... I mean, there's a few movies wish, that I wish, wow, if I could have ever been a part of any mm -hmm. of these movies. Wow, Brad Pitt. I mean, not Brad Pitt, I'm sorry. Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Yeah, they're both guys, right? <laughs> Bradley Cooper... <laughs> 
in Stars Born. Wow. That would be your dream role. That's that's right up there. I mean, you got Braveheart with Mel Gibson. That's oh, another that's dream an amazing. role. Amazing. I mean, there's. I mean, but, but Leonardo DiCaprio, the, Titanic. Would that be or not really? I think I'm too. I think I'm too old. I mean. I think I like Leonardo DiCaprio is a little bit more younger looking, and he would have like you know that, that that of course that's a huge one. I would have liked the um, the guy beside him though, which who's the guy beside? Oh, the Cal, villain? the fiance. Yeah, that yeah. would have been. Yeah, that would have been going. Now, if you could uh, meet any actor, dead or alive, yep. who would it be? Have dinner with them. I would say um, it's it's easy. People have, people have asked me recently, and I gotta say. I'm a Mel Gibson fan. I grew up with him. Um, I grew up with him in a, with a movie a long time ago when he was in his 20s that nobody knows, and I'm going to tell you what it is. It's called Gallipoli, and it was uh, about World War One and the Australians getting into the war, mm -hmm. and they just got shot off. And it was just a, it's a real sad story. But I mean, that's that was my introduction to Mel Gibson. That's a long time ago. And then you had, you know, then him just coming up. I just think that um, his acting, I love his look. I think he's cool. And I just, I'm, you know, I've, I've just grew up with him from the 70s up until now. And I think he's just, um, he's an inspiration to me. So that, that would be my man. Quite a few people say that you resemble Matthew McConaughey. Have you heard that before? I've, yeah. I've, here and there. Here, here and there. there. No, here I've, there. I've heard it. I think when he was he was more into uh, the movie circuits, so when he won an Academy Award, I think right now he's you know he's taking a little bit of time off. I think he's teaching and stuff. But Matthew McConaughey, I think that that's 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 another guy. There's so many inspirations that I have that I, lo I look up right. to these people so much, and I actually still. So when I in Wake Up Call and then another project that we're doing, I just um, I don't we don't want to reinvent the wheel. There's so many lines that are out there that I kind of just steal from people. Right. You know, and I just said, you know what, this, I remember Matthew McConaughey saying this. I remember Mel Gibson saying this. I remember Bradley Cooper in The Wedding Crashers. If you remember Bradley Cooper right. had, a, had a role in uh, Wedding Crashers with mm -hmm. Vince Vaughn. Um, I just, I go back and I just say, this is my research when I'm like learning a role and I'm just like, so many people have done a good job you could only, you could just take it from them. You don't have to. Right, right. Um, what are some other businesses locally you like to go to? Um, well, I love coming to KRBC. KRBC is actually my favorite um, <laughs> company, whatever. Um, I would say no. I, I think Tin Marin is. Uh, I think Tin Marin is is awesome. I think Blackstone is awesome. I love. I like Downey's a lot. Uh huh. Um, I like the Riverdale. Now. I gotta say, I grew up with the Riverdale Steakhouse. Okay. So the Riverdale Steakhouse is a family-owned business from the, the Connaughtons, and I went to um, St. Margaret's and Fordham Prep. So super nostalgic, right? So it's it's really huge. They used to have a, a huge Christmas Eve um, party in the '80s, way back when, whatever. But that's um, if I ever went to want to go, like you said, to a nostalgic place. Mm -hmm. The Riverdale Steakhouse is that brings back. Memories. It hasn't changed at all, right? Hasn't changed at all. I don't think, right? No, I don't think it has. I don't think it so. has, and it has like this double bar area, right? With the party like, room, it's a great space. I would say that's um, that's that's a huge special place for me. Yeah. Yeah. Now so, you have a gig over at Pals of Japan. 
Tell us a little bit about oh, yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if everyone's listening out there, I hope you are. Um, so Thursdays, um, Palace of Japan has been kind of it's been special as well. Um, I mean, super good food, super good food, and it's not just sushi. It's um, they have Thai food, they have dumplings, they have fried food. Right. So it's not just sushi, and their sushi is like really awesome. Um, so on Thursdays, I'm just I, I, I come in as a guest bartender um, from what is it like 4:30. So I'd say 8:30 on Thursdays, um, and it's just it's just a wonderful time. There's and I a, heard you make an amazing lychee martini, and so that's my the, favorite drink. So the two drinks that are really good are lychee martinis, which is just so delicious. Good. Give never, me all the lychees. I want the whole can of lychees. Lychee martini and cosmopolitans. Those are the most popular ones there. And a margarita. I just think any everything tastes better in a martini glass. Yeah, I don't know. It just does. It's, it's just yeah. very fancy. Yeah, it's very good. So no, Palace of Japan does a a very good job. That's right. And in, in uh, South Riverdale, um, and I have I have a lot. It's it's just a lot of fun. There's a lot of people that I haven't seen, and they come in and they get good food. They have good drinks. Right. Um, I think we also had our friend that is in Wake Up Call, Linda Manning. She was um, she was just in Law and Order. And I she saw that a, she was amazing. She had a really good speaking role. Yeah, I was taken back because I I was in one episode of Law and Order, SVU, same one. It's as my as favorite. Her. I know every episode of that show. She had oh, she had a I much better role than I did. I give it up to her, and we had um, we had that viewing on the Thursday. It just happened to be a Thursday, I believe. Right, and um, we had her there and. If you're, if you're, I mean, I don't know. I'm the type of actor which, where, when I see myself on screen, I'm really kind of like looking like you're embarrassed, oh, but you're cringing. I'm, I'm kind of cringing. I don't want to look up. You know, it's, it's kind of like, and um, um, that's the type. That's the type of person I am. Um, but anyway, she was a little bit like that. But you know, it, it, it was just an, such an awesome night. She did such a great job on it. I mean, she's very dramatic, and she is a boss she, lady. She is. This lady, she's an A-list, A-list, yes, A-list, yes. A-list personality? A, 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 yeah, right? a, a type A personality. Type A personality, sorry, yes. you got that. And um, I'm just I'm just psyched to have her part of on, on Wake Up Call. She's She plays my villain. She's the one that's trying to bring me down in it. And it's uh, very I haven't cool. seen it, but I don't know how you're going to get out of that. She was... Uh, if, if Linda Manning's character's after you, I don't know. You're going to have to You're gonna have to see it, Laura. <laughs> no, it was, it, was really, it was really good. She played the, the dastardly villain so well, where she even hires her, her nephew to go after my wife to, like, you know, divert attention and try and get blackmailing, you know, all right. that kind of stuff down. Right. Very dramatic, really cool stuff. So, Linda, so getting back to the point... Um, Linda was there, and we had a, you know a little bit of a viewing of Law and Order when it was aired, and that's that's kind of like the cool stuff we try to do at Palace of Japan on Thursdays is you know mix it up, you know get people together, have a good time, you know enjoy some good food and drinks and everything. Right. Good stuff. So just give us one random fact about you that we may not know. It could be anything silly, anything. Random fact. What's a random fact about Pete Maddox? Random fact about me. Putting me on the spot. I'll figure it out. I would have it no other way. I'll figure it out. Um, I would say that um, 
total sun god. I just, I love laying out. I just love having like a tan and everything. It's kind right. of boring one. I'm trying to think of other ones, but um, I would say that. Um, like, what's your favorite? Like, if you, what would your last meal be? Like, what is your favorite thing ever? All right, that's eat? a good one. That's a good one. I would say um, last meal would be um, grilled octopus appetizer. Maybe a couple shrimp cocktail with that. I would say a uh, fettuccine alfredo on the side. On the and side. I would say on the side. <laughs> and I would say lollipop lamb chops with mint jelly. And it's Ooh. really funny because I remember my dad loved uh, lamb chops, and he had this. He put this green stuff next to it when I was a kid. When I was probably like ten years old. And I'm just like, what's this? This looks like a dessert. Like Jello, yeah. It looks like Jello. What are you? Why are you putting that on that? He said to me, "You'll you'll learn about that one day." <laughs> I swear to God, and now I swear by it. It's so funny. It's we so went good. to uh, another place. So now that I'm on it, another place is um, Jake's, which is down on Broadway near Van Cortland, and they have a double cut uh, lamb chops. And we just, we just, when me and my girlfriend, Tracy, just went down there uh, recently, and I just have to have the mint jelly. It's just like weird. So you can't eat it without the mint jelly? No, it's, it's weird. Isn't that, isn't that freaky? It's a thing. It was like, I, I, it, it, it disgusted no, me. No, as kids, it freaks, as a child, like, it freaks you out. It freaked me out. I'm like, why are you eating jello with meat? It's just, it doesn't yeah. make sense. So it was like, yeah, it's kind of funny. I, I wish I could come up with something. I'm trying to think, come up with something that you know, no one would ever know about. Um, I would. Um, do you, like, do you like dessert? I don't do like desserts that much. I would say, um, I'm trying to think. I'm I'm a sucker for cookies and cream ice cream. So the one thing that people don't know is I do I I don't I try not to do desserts. I try because I don't want to I want to maintain you know somewhat. I don't want to gain you know too many calories or whatever. It's sorry to say that, but. I would say cookies and cream, you know, I will go, you know, to the, to the, so that's your weakness. Now I know that's a weakness. Cookies and cream is Oreos, cookies and cream. That's Uh, Oreos the best. If you want to bring me down, if you want to blackmail me, you just get Oreos. That's all. That's all it takes. That's it. It's that simple. (laughs) Well, I want to thank you so much, Pete, for coming and joining us today um, for episode eight of the Four Bronx Community Podcast. Mm -hmm. Is if anybody wants to book you for a role or if they want to contact you, do you have an email that they can do so? Yeah, it's uh, Tracy at KRVC. Tracy KRVC (laughs) at gmail.com. That would be yeah, that would be thing. So if anyone's looking for a local actor, please. I would say the last, the only other project that we, that we do have, and I'll say it really quick. I know we're, we're wrapping up right now. Um, I think The Burden of Nine Lives, it's a feature film. So this is an hour, hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes. I think this is a real urban, raw, um, hipsterish, really good film that um, we got into contact with this new up and coming director. Vega Montañez. Um, yes. And I think I really have good ideas and really good thoughts about this because Vega is a very dedicated, um, very focused, very talented, smart guy. Um, and he focuses on this, like I said, and I think, um, it might, you know, this could be, this could be big. 
and I think people could relate to it to also. A little bit more violent, a little bit more urban, a little bit more crime war, you know, kind of things right, going. Right. I just like my role in it. I've never played a detective, a lead detective in it, but I like it because I'm, I'm a mentor to a younger detective and I'm trying to show him the ropes and everything. That's why I like it. So, um, well, my role, I mean, um, I think the movie, I think you have a lot of great actors in it and a lot of dedicated people and um, a lot of good-looking people and a lot of people that are, like, shaped, making me look like I'm in my 50s. But <laughs> other than that, though, so that's You that's look great. You look great. Anyway, good stuff, Laura. Well, thank you good so time. much, Pete, and we will see you uh, for the next time. Thank you for Bronx Community Podcast. Thanks, Laura. Well, friends, that wraps up another episode of the Four Bronx Community Podcast. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, email me today at laurafourbronx at gmail.com. Join us next time. 